listening to Sunday Sermons from Warren Community Church. If you'd like to learn more about us, visit warrencommunitychurch.org. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 16. We are in the last chapter of the book of Romans. It's been a great journey of approximately 60 weeks. We've got just a, just a few more uh, weeks here in the book of Romans. But today is a special day. I love the way when the Lord works things out. I just realized that today, you know, is our ladies' big conference this tonight and this afternoon. And, and then the sermon worked out that we're going to be talking about a lady this morning in the message. So Romans chapter 16, beginning in verse 1, look in verses 1 and 2. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. You'll follow along with me. Paul says this, I commend to you, Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Sincrea, that you may receive her in the Lord, in a manner worthy of the saints and that you assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Let's pray. Lord, as we approach your word today and as we particularly approach uh, this subject today of looking at this godly woman named Phoebe. And Lord, how mightily you used her and her gifts, her talents, and her abilities. And how Paul recognizes that and is sending a letter of commendation to the church at Rome. I thank you, Lord, for the women that you have used to in the early part of your church, in the beginnings, the women that you are using today, and particularly, Lord, the women that you use in my life to bless me and to show me uh, that side that I would never be able to see. And I thank you, Lord, for the ladies of our church who work and serve so faithfully and many times without recognition and without, uh, Lord, any accolades uh, but they're faithful. They're faithful being a godly wife. They're faithful being a godly mom. Uh, Lord, uh, wrestling and teaching those children all week long and putting up with all the frustrations and all the, all the issues that come with being a mom and a wife. And then, Lord, being a servant of God. Where would our church be today if it were not for these precious ladies? And so, Lord, today we lift uh, womanhood to you and thank you for the gift that you have given all of us through that. And we ask you now, Lord, to bless your word as we share it and look forward to how you're going to use it in our hearts and lives. In Christ's name, amen. Romans chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, a lady named Phoebe. What do you know about Phoebe? Do you know anybody want to stand up and tell us what they know about Phoebe here today? Know anything about her? Well, I'll put it this way. You'll know something about her before you leave today. She was a very special, special lady. She lived uh, in Corinth, 
and she was a servant, a helper. She was one of those individuals that when she came to know Christ, her life became committed and absolutely sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ to be used in any way that she could be used. You know, throughout Corinth and Rome and Ephesus and Jerusalem and many others, these places were filled with faithful saints whose identity many times are lost. And I have to admit, the only time I ever knew about Phoebe was when I was reading the book of Romans as a new Christian and, and uh, really don't know a whole lot, didn't know anything about Phoebe. And I read these two verses and I said, okay, she was a, she was a servant uh, of the Lord. And, but I want to tell you, there's a lot that this lady did for the church. And I want to just say to our ladies here this morning, I know that, uh, that there are, are some popular culture and some things out there that want to diminish you. And they, here's the lie that the devil wants to make you believe. That you're not good enough. That you don't measure up. That you look at other women and they look like they've got it all together. But let me tell you a secret. They don't. And you, the enemy wants to put you down. They want, he wants to subject, subjugate you. He wants to take the word of God, which the devil is good at doing. He wants to take the word of God and to make you think that you are somehow less than someone else or particularly less than the husband that you have or the, the father that you have or the men in your life. I want to tell you something. The lie is that many have said that Paul was a male chauvinist pig. That is a lie. There's a lie out there today that says that the Bible is against women. That is a lie. The Bible lifts women to a height that is beyond and above anything that you ladies could ever really imagine. You are special in God's sight. And I want you to know something today, that the Apostle Paul was not a male chauvinist pig. He was someone who loved women who were able to serve and were faithful to serve, just as he loved others who served. But he especially lifts up these ladies because you know why? In the society of that day, They had many struggles. They didn't have the freedoms. We look in our world today and what's going, over, over, going on over in Afghanistan. How in God's holy name can the United States of America and the president and his administration allow those precious ladies to be mistreated? I will never understand that. Amen. We need to get our men and our soldiers that I guarantee you if the president would allow it to do so and would say we need volunteers, I would volunteer right now and go with every one of our services, every one of our, everyone in our army, our navy, our marines and all that, and we would go over there and do our very best and even die if we had to, to set those ladies free. Because that's what 
the Bible says we should do. They are living under a dark, repressive, and oppressive religion called Islam that sees women as some type of inferior human being. In fact, even less than a human being. They care more for their animals than they do their women. That was all free this morning. That wasn't a part of the sermon. I tell you, my heart breaks when I look over there. And we are leaving our people behind to be slaughtered by the Taliban and ISIS and Al-Qaeda. A false religion. I want you to know something, ladies. Paul says you are special. And the word of God says you're special. And men, guess what? Say it with me. We think you're special. I thank God for the women that have been in my life that have taught me and showed me things and helped me grow as a believer in Christ. Paul begins this chapter with a commendation of Phoebe to the church at Rome. You know, what it is is that he, is, he writes a letter here and he commends or recommends Phoebe to the church there at Rome. Does that sound familiar with some of the things that Baptist folks do through the years, have done through the years? This is where, literally, where the teaching comes from, that if you are a member of another church and you move to our community and you want to join Warren Community Church, your church will send us a letter of recommendation for membership into our church. In other words, they're saying, we commend to you this individual. They were faithful servants of God in our church, and now we commend them to you, and you are to accept them. And so that's what this is about here. Paul is writing to the church at Rome and commending Phoebe to them and saying she is a servant, uh, she is a helper, she is an individual, that she is a saint of God as well. And so he writes this to encourage, because why? What had she done when she was in Corinth? She had no doubt, and many of you ladies have this wonderful gift, the gift of hospitality. It's a very much needed gift in the church. What would we do without those who had that type of gift or who have that type of gift? And what she did there at the church in Corinth, when people would come in, uh, people from out of town, she would welcome them in. She would, as a part of the church, she would gather the ladies together and they would be able to minister to those new folks and as she had commended and, and helped so many people as they came to the church there in Corinth and bringing them into a fellowship there, now Paul is recommending her to the church at Rome. And you know what? He trusted Phoebe. You know why I know that? Because the Bible says, and we're going to see it here in just a minute, she, he trusted Phoebe. You know who carries the letter to the church at Rome? To Rome? Phoebe. It wasn't some guy. It was a precious, godly woman who had proven herself as a servant of God. Notice what he says about her, first of all. Uh, in verse 1, he says that she is a sister. You know, the Bible tells us that we are to call um, our 
ladies, we're to call them sisters. We, we're to call our uh, men to, to be brothers. We're to have honest and loving respect for one another. Paul calls Phoebe our sister. You know, I don't want to start a feud here this morning because um, we have a lot of those who, who came to us from the north. Even my beloved Jan. But as I have visited churches um, in other places, especially north, I don't hear this a lot, brothers and sisters. They call each other. In fact, there's a lot of families up there that, that their kids call their parents by their names. That always blows me away. I can see one of my kids calling me Kenneth. I said, what would you say, Willis? There's a sense in Southern culture that has a sense of respect. Now, I'm not saying we're better than those in the North. I'm not saying that. I'm, I, I'm sure they have respect there, too. And no doubt they do. But we just have, there's a sense of the southern culture. And it amazes me when I go into churches in, in the deep south especially, is, you know, everybody's sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so and, and so on. But he calls her our sister. And he says and commends her. Paul uses the word brethren. He uses the word brother. He uses the word sister. And what that, I think, from my perspective, what that says is, that that is a normalcy of practice. That that should be for the church. Everywhere that we go. You see it in Romans 16 verse 14. 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 15. Uh, 99 times Paul uses the term brethren in his epistles. And Phoebe was known as a strong Christian. A sister in the Lord. Thank God for those sisters. Amen. Not only is she a sister, but she is a servant of her church. Now here, in this section here, I could spend several weeks just right here. And I'm going to stir some of your hearts here today, especially for those of you who are so strongly fundamentalist Baptists. Now, I'm a fundamentalist. I believe in the uh, fundamental doctrines of the faith once handed down through the apostles to the church. Um, but there's this teaching that goes on in many of our churches that, um, you know, women are, uh, in, in many places, that women somehow um, should not be serving in some positions and so on and so on. There's only one position that I know of that uh, a woman cannot serve in according to scripture as far as the local church is concerned and that is as pastor that why is it that way because it's that way because God has designed a structure in his universe he has designed a pattern he has established roles now is one role greater than another is a man's role greater than a woman's role absolutely not is a woman's role greater than a man's role absolutely not they are equal in fact in the passage in Ephesians chapter 5 it, 
it talks about that we are to submit to one another under the lordship of Christ. And then the next verse says in verse 22, everybody likes to start with that verse, but you ought to start with verse 21. Verse 21 says that we are to submit to one another under the lordship of Christ. Verse 22 says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. And that's the way I've heard it preached. What does it mean to submit? Does submission mean inferiority? No. When I go and some of our finest in in the blue out there, and I get in a hurry and I go down the highway and next thing I know I see some lights behind me flick, you know, and I'm thinking, surely that's not for me, right? I know, y'all don't do that. but um, And they pull us over, they write us a ticket. When I go to the judge, am I inferior to that judge who's sitting there? No, I'm not. I am submitting to his authority. Where would our world be without submitting to authority? Chaos. Absolute chaos. And so God has designed in his, in, in, in his creation a, a system of, of control and a system of order. Everything the scripture says should be done decently and in order. How, what was his design in creation? He created Adam and then he created Eve. So there's a design in creation. Does that mean that Eve is somehow less than Adam? Absolutely not. In fact, um, you know, the scripture tells us that, that Adam, as he was naming all the animals and looked around and he didn't have a mate, he saw all the other who did and he felt um, incomplete. And then God created woman and he was finished. Some of, somebody finally, somebody got it. Um, that's a little humor there, but, that's, but think about this for a minute. Someone said, I had a lady say one time that, that God practiced on Adam, then he made it right when he created Eve. <laughs> now, I'm not sure where I want, I think I fall down somewhere in, in between both of those. But uh, think about this. She was a servant. What does the word servant mean? It's the word diakonos in the Greek dia means through okonos means dirt so diakonos means through the dirt that's what the word literally means this word is translated minister it's translated servant it's translated deacon and here in verse 1 I commend to you, Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant. It is the word diakonos. Here's how this could be translated. I commend to you, Phoebe, a sister, who is a deaconess of the church in Sancria. That's right, I just heard all the air sucked out of the room. 
What was a deaconess? You know why, why people so misunderstand this, this teaching and this idea of, of deacons and their, and their qualifications and things uh, there that's listed in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 3? Is this the same role as we see there uh, in Acts chapter 5 when the first deacons are uh, selected? No, it's not. It's exactly right. The word here for that is used, diakonos, when it, in reference to Phoebe, do you, know, do you know why churches and people have been so opposed to the idea of of understanding this idea of deaconess or the servant in the church is because in most of our churches, and I've pastored five uh, different Southern Baptist churches, in most of our churches, churches, what are, what are deacons' roles in those churches? They run the church. If you want to get anything approved, it has to go through the deacons. If you want any money, it's got to go through the deacons. If you want to start a new ministry, it's got to go through the deacons. If, you want, if the pastor wants to lead the church in a direction, it's got to go through the deacons. Do you know that that is about as uh, unbiblical as Islam is? Deacons are not an office of the church or a board of the church that runs the church. They are to be the servants of the church. Diakonos, through the dust, they are so, supposed to be so fulfilling their role serving the church that as they're walking around and committing themselves to serving, that they're stirring up a dust trail behind them. And because of a false theology that's taught, and yeah, I'm talking about us. I can talk about us, I, as the old thing was, used to say, I are one. I'm one of those Southern Baptist pastors. And I want to tell you, there's some great godly men who serve in those positions. But I want to tell you, we've got that wrong because we believe that deacons are those who tell everybody what to do and run the church and have to approve everything. Deacons are supposed to be led by the elders of the church who are the pastors of the church who cast the vision for the church and the deacons are to serve the church. And that's all that it means here about Phoebe. She was a servant in the church. And she committed herself to living out her life and serving with everything that she had. Would to God that we would have some men like Phoebe. Amen? that would be so willing to give their life completely and totally to serving the Lord Jesus Christ through his church and serving his people. Now, I do not believe, and I do not believe that the Bible teaches that women should be um, in a position of pastor. You'd have to change the word of God for that to happen. The Word of God is very clear in those qualifications that says, and they're, they're all male characteristics, that, and particularly he is to be the husband. Well, a woman, let me, 
let me phrase this correctly. A woman can't be a man. A woman can't be a husband because that is not God's design and not God's order. And I want to tell you, there's only two genders in this world, and that's male and female. God has a plan and purpose for male, and he has a plan and purpose for female, and those roles do not interchange. Now, culture puts different roles on us. Now, everybody knows that it's a woman's job to cook and clean in the kitchen. Amen? I hear a bunch of mumbling going on out there. I mean, isn't that what culture tells us? And just on the same thing, you, everybody knows that it is man's job to take out the garbage and cut the grass. Change the oil. Watch the cars. Culture puts lots of things on us. Do you know the only thing that, the only roles that cannot be changed between a husband and a wife is a man can't be a woman and a woman can't be a man. It's just that simple. Now we're going to be talking about that a little bit more uh, in the weeks to come. We're going to, we're going to, Pastor Matthew and I have been planning and praying and preparing and our next sermon series is going to be on some of these social justice issues going on. We're going to lay out what does God say. The authority of God's word. That's where we get our direction. She is a sister. She is a servant. She is a saint. Now, Dr. Adrian Rogers, I love that man. Um, I probably got two or three hundred of his cassette tapes. I was a tapeworm. I loved to pop those old cassette tapes in and listen to that man preach. I loved him, um, he was a great mentor. He was the flagship of pastors uh, for us for many years. Now he's enjoying heaven. But he used to say this. He had a definition for about everything. And he you know what he said a saint was? He said, well, he, he actually said, there's only two types of people in this world that are saints and ain'ts. Now, being a saint doesn't mean that you're some pious uppity nose in the air individual that walks around and if it rained real hard you'd drown because the water would get all down your nose you know what the word saint here what it what it means it means set apart that's all it means in fact i it, that's the way the early church would greet each other this is saint matthew that sounds familiar, doesn't it? This is St. Mike. She was a saint. It says here that she should be commended as a manner worthy of the saints. She is not somebody that um, a saint is not like our neighbors over here teach, that is some, some dead individual that you can pray to. Listen, why would I want to waste my time praying to some dead saint when I can pray straight to Jesus That's, that dead saint can't help me 
but Jesus can. What does it mean to be worthy of the saints? A manner worthy of the... He, Paul speaks of the word worthiness in, in a number of different contexts and different ways. And really, it gives us insight um, into what he means by that. And I want to give you several aspects here of what it means to be a saint. That you've been set apart. It's the, very, it's the root word where we get our word sanctification from. Which means that God is progressively working in you and in your heart and in your life. And moving you and conforming you to the image of his son. So what does it mean? I want to give you several biblical perspectives here of what it means to be worthy to be called saint. First of all is being worthy of the gospel. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27 it says... Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Being worthy of the gospel. What does it mean to be worthy of the gospel? It means that, that the gospel is the driving force of your life. It means that it's not just something you put on with your Sunday suit or your Sunday best on Sunday to come to church. The gospel is so embedded in you because you have been so transformed by the gospel that everything you say and everything you do, the gospel just oozes out of you. That you've been set apart and God wants to use you. Do you know that... He, God has set you apart as a saint of God for the purpose for you to be worthy of the gospel to proclaim what Christ has done to a lost and dying world and he entrusts you that you're worthy to do that. Our prayer should be, Lord, help me to walk daily in a way that's worthy of the glorious gospel. The second thing about being a saint is that we're worthy of the Lord. In, in, in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10 this is what it says, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Walking worthy of the Lord. What does he mean? Well, in reality, there's, there's, there's no way that we could ever live up to or be worthy in that sense of being worthy of what God did for us because none of us are worthy of that. But what he's talking about here, being worthy of the Lord, is, is simply this. That we are willing to do whatever it takes to bring someone else to the only individual that can change their lives. You and I should be worthy of the Lord. Think about this. What did, what did the Lord do for you? I mean, think what he did for you. He took you out of death and brought you to life. He took you out of darkness and now walk in his marvelous light. He took you from sin and debauchery and set you aside and made you a saint. He bore your sin and he took your punishment and he bore your hell so that you might be called the children of God and that you might have all that the inheritance of heaven that he has for you. He did that for you so that he could call you a brother and a sister in Christ. 
And that is exactly what we should be doing for others. We can help people. We can sympathize. We can empathize. We can buy them groceries. We can pay their rent. We can do all kinds of things to help them. But only Jesus can save them. And that's exactly what he's talking about here. To be a saint means that you want to bring people to Christ because you know he can meet their needs. Then he says, worthy of calling. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. He says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which, which you are called. Prisoner. You ever think of yourself being a prisoner of the Lord? Now, not in the sense that the Lord has you up on some type of charges and got you in, in, you know, in St. Jail for some reason. No. But you're a prisoner of the Lord because you are a, an individual who was a prisoner and in bondage to your own sin. And Jesus set you free. And when he did, you willingly said, I want to follow that man. I want to follow Jesus with all of my heart. And I do it without any oh, reason other than his love for me and my gratefulness and love for him, for what he's done for me. Worthy of the calling. Bringing Jew and Gentile, bond and free, male and female, bringing all people Walking together, worthy of the calling. You see, the gospel is not just for a, a few people in this world. The gospel is for the whole world. The gospel is for every nation, tongue, and tribe. Can you imagine what the choir is going to sound like in heaven? I've had the privilege many times to go on these mission trips and be in, in countries where I don't speak their language and many times I've just, uh, I've, I've just felt like uh, caught up in worship. And I told you about the, the choir there in, in Haiti that day where it took them 45 minutes to march in. 200-something member choir. And some by the time they got, well, by, by the time they found their chair up in the choir, son, heaven came down. I had no clue what they were singing. I didn't understand a cotton-picking word. But you know what I did know? I knew who they were singing to. Because the same spirit that was in them was in me. And that was one of the greatest worship experiences I've had, ever had in my life when I didn't even know what was being said. But the Holy Spirit of God was speaking to my heart and telling me what was being said. Now, it wasn't a, a miraculous thing where it was like a you know, these words were being printed out, but it was just simply the Holy Spirit was saying to me to worship the Lord. And even though these folks are different than me, they have a different culture than me, they look different than me, but we all have the same Jesus. Worthy of the calling. Worthy of the saints is the fourth worthy. It's found in Romans 16, verse 2. It says, receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her. And that was just simply saying that, that she is a, a fellow saint. And I'm commending her to you. 
And then the next thing we see what it means to be a saint is that be worthy of God in, in 3 John in verse 6. Do you know that the, the little book of 3 John gives us a detailed account of how we are to treat traveling uh, ministers and traveling evangelists and those who are coming as visitors into our area and into our church. It's a beautiful display there uh, of how we are to treat them, to receive them, to, to, um, to uh, understand that they are part of the body of Christ and we are to welcome them and enjoy them. But in third, third John, verse 6, this is what it says. Who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. What's he talking about there? Oh, simply this. Someone has come to the church, like Phoebe is going to the church at Rome. And he's, he's saying this precious lady has borne witness that she's a faithful servant of God you you bring her in take care of her and then you send her away as well when she's ready to go back send her away with your love and support and make sure she's taken care of and that's the way we are to treat those who come and minister to us when we have guests who come in such as the the Lefebvre's and others we want we want to we want to see that, they are, that we are worthy of God by treating God's uh, special singers and special evangelists in a way that when we not only receive them into the church, but to as well, when they leave, we support them as they go. Then, what does it mean to be a saint? Worthy of God who calls you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 12 says this, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Now, he's simply saying of Phoebe, that Phoebe has proven herself. We are to live our lives in a manner that reflects the kingdom of glory. And that's what he's saying. Phoebe is that type of person. And then in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 11, he says we should be worthy of this calling to be a saint. He says, therefore, we also pray always... For you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. So to be a saint means that you are lots of things. And then finally, in closing, we see that Phoebe is called a servant to many. Not only did she serve Paul and serve the church there at Corinth, but she served Oh, the church all over. In fact, he calls her here a helper. She's a sister. She's a saint. She's a servant. And now she's a servant to many. And what he is saying to the church at Rome, she will be of great benefit to you. She is a helper. She is, uh, and that word helper there is the, is the word that's, uh, that is used to describe uh, the idea of coming alongside someone. And, uh, and joining arms and joining and, and, and hands and, and moving forward with the same, um, same mindset. It's the Greek word uh, prostatus. And that it means a, a helper in, that in the sense of a person who was a patron or a champion in behalf of another. In other words, she has been a patron and a champion on, for many in the church at Corinth 
and she will do the same there in the church at Rome. And I ask and commend her to you because she is a great servant of God. She is a helper. She will join with you. She will be right on the front lines with you. She'll do whatever needs to be done. Thank God for Phoebe's. We need church full of Phoebe's. And ladies, don't you ever believe the lie that the enemy tries to throw at you or that the culture tries to throw at you, that somehow you are less. Listen, you are a special individual saved, and listen to this word, saint of God. That's who you are. And Phoebe is your sister. She had been to many in Corinth, and she had ministered to Paul, and Paul was recommending her. She was a non-resident to Rome, but she would need assistance. She would need to be represented. And he is saying to the church at Rome, just as she has done this for hundreds of others, I'm asking you now to do this for her. And by the way, She's brought you this letter that's from me. And that shows you how important I think this precious lady is. Ladies, you are precious. You are significant. And you are important. Don't you ever believe the lie that you're not. Let the word of God be your mirror. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Some of you see all the blemishes. Some of you see a little extra space that has come. Some of you, of you see that, that um, teenage figure is not there anymore. Here's what I want you to see when you look in the mirror. The Word of God is our mirror. The word of God says that you're a saint of God. That you're a servant of the Lord. That you're a servant to many. And that you are a sister in Christ. You know, I've got two sisters, biological sisters. I love them both. I would die for either one of them. And I want you to know, sisters here in our church at Warren, our men would die for you. I believe that with all my heart. You are co-equal. You stand at the cross with us and the ground at the cross is level. You are precious in the sight of God. And if Phoebe... If the Word of God doesn't prove that to you through Phoebe, I don't know what else could. The Word of God, as your mirror says, you are special. Don't you ever believe the lie that you're not and that you have a very significant and important place in the kingdom of God. I'd encourage you today to make a point this week. Men here in our church, before you leave today, to commend the women in your life and the sisters here in our church, commend them who serve faithfully 
the Phoebes that are in our midst here this morning. Lord, we thank you today for the cross that makes uh, everything equal. One is not more important than the other. We all have significance and we all have uh, importance in the work of God. Thank you for putting in your word, saving it for us and, and uh, keeping it for us to let us see how significant Phoebe and the women of the early church were, how they served and what they did, their commitment. Thank you for the ladies here at Warren Community Church that, Lord, are so faithful in their service and their commitment. Thank you for these sisters in the faith and pray that, Lord, you would encourage them today and bless them. And, Lord, as they look at their lives, may they look to you and what your word says to them and about them and not listen to the voices that are out there trying to discourage them or even destroy them. So, Lord, we lift them up to you today, thanking you for them. And we know that uh, as Paul commended Phoebe, we commend uh, our sisters here today. And, Lord, we are saved all because of your amazing grace. And because of that salvation, we can be called saints, set aside for a holy purpose, worthy of God, worthy of the calling, uh, worthy of the gospel. And, Lord, may we continue to walk in that worthiness. And to that end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Sunday Sermons. If you want to learn more about us, visit warrencommunitychurch.org.